You are listening to the CMC Podcast. Join us each week for messages designed to equip, inspire, and motivate. And now for today's message from Pastor Tim Brooks. Well, we want to welcome all of those today that are joining us on all the different social media platforms. Church, I'm trying to do better about uh, keeping y'all informed on just notes and uh, things that we get through our office that you need to know about. Uh, But these are just... uh, some notes that came through just the last couple of days. Uh, The reason for my letter is because I wanted to send you a bit of encouragement. I wanted to say, keep up the good work and fight the good fight. Your messages have been very inspiring to me. Working at our church here in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, with not that many staff members due to COVID, your messages have kept me going. Well, Brian, in Pittsburgh, we just, I'm telling you right now, we're going to keep preaching the word and believing you. God, do great things in your life and pray God's blessings on the church that you're serving there. Uh, Great to have you joining us, Brian. Here's another one. I'm from Michigan. I've started listening to your podcast daily the last month. I have had some struggles in my life. Right now, listening has been the only way I can get through my days. Your messages are amazing. I don't believe I've ever heard any person speak the truth so wonderfully than you three pastors do. I've told many of my friends that are struggling to listen. Patty from Michigan, we're praying for you today. Glad to have you joining us. I've been listening to the podcast for a few months now, and everyone is just great. I grew up in church, but like many of us, I backslid for a long time. You don't know it, but you've helped me immensely. Keep up the great work. It's very much appreciated here in California. Mark from California, we're glad you're on the right path. Glad to have you joining us. You know, over the years, many of you meet me when I come off of the stage and just say, Oh, Pastor, I wish everybody in the country could have heard that message today. I wish everybody across the country could have heard that message today. Well, thanks to your giving, your volunteering, you're making this church happen. People from all over the country are hearing this message today. Pittsburgh, Michigan, California, wherever you're from, we're glad to have you joining us today. We're praying God's blessings on you. The dictionary gives us a definition of the word purpose. The word purpose. It says the reason or use for something. The cause. Purpose is the motive Purpose is the why. There's no possible way that you can enjoy life. There's no way you can be happy in life. And there's no way that you can experience any kind of fulfillment in your life without knowing the why for you. Without knowing why am I here? What am I here to do? What is the why for me? What is my purpose? The title of today's message is Purpose is Essential. Purpose is Essential. The more I worked on this message, the longer it got. The more I read, the more I studied what scholars have written about purpose, the definitions of purpose, the description of purpose. There's been a lot written about it. Well, the more I read, I became faced with a decision. I could preach a three-hour sermon today, keep you here to one or two or three o'clock in the afternoon, and give 12 points to this sermon, or I could break this down into a two-part series, and we'll do half of it this Sunday and half of it next Sunday. Welcome you to Purpose is Essential, part one. 
I opted for six today and six next week over a three-hour sermon, and I hope you appreciate that greatly today. Right now, we're in a day and time when we've got to guard our minds more so than any time in my lifetime. We are under an unprecedented anti-biblical worldview attack, all the way to the leadership of our country inundating us with an anti-biblical worldview. And if we don't guard our minds every step of the way, we're going to find ourselves being sucked into a way that seems right, but the end is death. We got to make sure that we think biblical about every step of the way. This past week, our governor would not sign a bill protecting our young people from being deceived into this transgender agenda. When questioned about it, he said he was a member of a party who believed in small government, not big government, and transgender was a decision for kids and their parents, individual choice, it was not for government and government officials to make. Here's what was very interesting about that to me. Because one solid year, this same governor has felt it was his position to tell me to wear one of those masks every breath I took to close family businesses, to close churches, to close schools, to cancel sporting events, and to tell our families we couldn't meet together for Thanksgiving. What about individual choice, Your Highness? Are you kidding me? Here's what I'm telling you today, church. Our governor has no right, and he did a horrible injustice to categorize people into essential and non-essential workers. That's wrong. You don't tell people that they're non-essential. You don't tell a worker he can stay home today because he's a non-essential worker. You're talking about destroying a life. You're talking about destroying an individual life to be told I'm not essential and we'll be fine, our country will go on without you, you just stay at home, you're non-essential. When this happened this last year, I knew immediately that this church had to counterattack, and our theme this year is you're essential. You're essential, and it is essential that you know you have a purpose. It's essential that you know you have a purpose. First Corinthians nine twenty six. I don't run like a man running aimlessly. I don't fight like a man beating the air. There's a purpose to what we're doing. And your fulfillment in life doesn't come from money. It doesn't come from cars and houses and stuff. It doesn't come from prestige or power. Your fulfillment in life comes from your purpose. From you fulfilling your purpose. Now, I want you to know this today. There are not some heroes that work at certain jobs implying that all those across the street in that job are not heroes. 
Those signs that say heroes work here puts a knot in my stomach. Every time I see one of those signs, heroes work here, implying that everybody else is not a hero. Here's what I want you to know today. If you get up and you go to work, you're a hero. You are a hero. Wherever you work and whatever you do, you are a hero. If you help anybody do anything, you are a hero. Whether you get paid or whether you volunteer, if you help anybody do anything, you're a hero. You're a hero to somebody. Heroes work everywhere. Every business, every sign, every house ought to say, heroes work here, heroes work here. Heroes live here. Heroes are driving this car right now. You're a hero for what you do. You're a hero for what you provide. And you're a hero for the role that you play. If you work on an assembly line making windows, you're a hero to people all over the world who needs a window. If it's four below zero and a rock went through your window, a window maker is a hero. I can tell you right now, you're my hero. If you're a car mechanic, you're a hero to everybody who has a broken down car and they need to get to work for their family. If you're a car mechanic, you're a hero. If you're a mom or a dad and you're making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich for lunch today, I want our moms to know you're a hero. I want you to know when you're putting peanut butter on two pieces of bread, you're a hero to that child. You're a hero to your husband. You're a hero to your neighbor. You are a hero if your neighbor needs a ride to their doctor's appointment, you drive over there and you put them in your car and you drive them to their doctor's appointment, you are a hero. You are essential and you're a hero. And don't you ever let anybody tell you or imply that you're not a hero and what you do is not as important as what somebody else does. Without a doubt, I certainly appreciate all those who are called to work in the medical profession. When I'm sick... They are my hero. When I'm sick and I need to go to the hospital, all of those employees in the hospital are a hero. When I'm well and I have a blowout on my tire, I appreciate all those that work in a tire shop and they are my hero for putting a tire, for building a tire, for installing a tire, for putting it on my car. For those people in here today, if you work in a tire shop, for all those that have a blowout, you're a hero. When I was out of state pulling a load of horses and the welds broke on my bumper and it came out from under my truck and I was in a bad, bad situation with livestock in a trailer in the middle of somewhere I didn't know where I was in a state where I was not close to anybody. I walked and I walked and I found somebody that recommended somebody that gave me a number of a welder that drove his own truck around and that guy stopped what he was doing and he drove across town out there on the side of the road where I was and he jacked that bumper up and he welded all of that back under there for me and got me back on the road. That man's a hero to me. That man is a hero to me. Today, you're essential and you're a hero. And don't you let anybody ever tell you any different from that. And for sure, a governor sitting in a huge office desk chair telling you that you're non-essential, we're not buying into that not one more minute. Young people, I want you to know in this church, career success does not automatically produce fulfillment in life. Amassing money does not automatically produce fulfillment in your life. 
a purpose-driven life is what brings fulfillment to you each and every day. Purpose. Purpose. It's the why of the existence of something. And every product has a purpose. Today, I just got some illustrations on the table. The thing that concerned me about doing this is I was limited to how much I could put on two tables. Because the truth is, I could put everything in the world on these tables. Everything in the world, without exception, the purpose for it preceded its building. The purpose for it preceded it being here. There's not anything in the world that we built and said, I wonder what I can do with this. How do you get seed on a yard without having a big handful here and none here and a big handful over here? And somebody saw a need for this thing. Somebody saw a need for this. And a very intricate design was made to fulfill a certain need in life. So much that we can talk about in these next two lessons on our purpose. But everything that is built, the purpose for it was here. And then somebody built this to fulfill a purpose. This thing never sits around, I wonder what I can do. I wonder what I can be. I wonder what there is for me to do. What there is for you to do was needed before this thing was ever built. Are you going to see this? Are you understanding this about yourself? I want you to know that purpose always precedes the manufacturing of anything. And we can put any thing on this table. And until the purpose is discovered for it, its existence has no meaning. What are you going to do with this if you don't understand the purpose for it? If you don't see the purpose for it, what are you going to do with it? And until you understand the purpose for it, misuse is inevitable. Many people are sucking stuff up their nose and they're doing all kinds of things. They're making all kinds of bad decisions because they don't understand that they are fearfully and wonderfully created by a creator who saw a need and built you to do a certain thing in this life. Not anything, not anything is ever built We didn't build that chair and then all of us start pondering, what could this be when it grows up? After the purpose is understood, then the design takes place. And before the foundations of the earth, God saw a need for you. And Acts tells us that he determined the times and the boundaries of your habitation, he saw a need for you in this time, in this day, in this city, at this place, in this school, in this company, in this job, in this area. He saw a need for you, and he created you to fulfill that need. The success of a project is not determined until the product does exactly what its purpose intended for it to do and requires it to do.
Everything begins with purpose. What I'm sharing with you today is you and I are products of God's purpose. We're products of God's purpose. Now, there are things that this can do. My mom used one of these things for something that this could do. Some of you had a mom like me. You can slide this under a door and hold the door open. I mean, there are some things you can do with it, but fulfillment comes as my wife flips that egg with it. Last night she was grilling some steaks. She flipped that steak with it. Its purpose was right on. Its purpose was right on. Proverbs 25, the purpose of a man's heart are deep waters. But a man of understanding draws those purposes out. There are 12 things that are taught by people that talk about purpose. You can look purpose up and you can find these things. And I didn't invent these 12 things. In fact, is nobody invented these 12 things about purpose. They just are what they are. When you look at purpose, then you see 12 things that you have to understand about purpose. Today, I want to give you six of them in part one. I encourage you to take notes, be here next week, and we're going to look at part two. And it's vital that you see these 12 things. I'm using the stuff on this table so that you can see yourself in this example. Somebody had a flat tire. You can't drive on a flat to get to an air pump. What are you going to do? I got a flat. The air pump's down the road. What am I going to do? Somebody saw a need, and they begin to build this thing that would transport that. Are you hearing this? There was a need for you. There is a need for you on your road. There's a need for you in your subdivision. There's a need for you in your school. There's a need for you at the job that you're in. There's a thing that you are equipped to do, and you are created to fulfill a need. This is a really nice piece of equipment, but it don't help when I need air in my tire. I don't care how good you are at what you do. I might need this to do what I've got to do today. We're going to understand what Romans and Corinthians talks about when it talks about the giftings of all people. We're all different. Six things about purpose that I want us to see. Number one, Purpose is inherent. Purpose is built in. Your purpose is built in. When the manufacturer created this thing, what it was for is built into it. The purpose is built in. I don't have to wonder what I can do with this. The purpose for this is built in this thing. And when I look at it, I see what it can do. Your purpose is built in you. Did you ever wonder why somebody is good with their hands and not very mentally smart? Why is somebody really mentally smart, but they struggle to tie their shoes with their hands? Why do you have some people that can just open the engine of a car and figure it out, but you got somebody else that was really good at science? And you got somebody else, it didn't matter how hard they studied, they couldn't pass science if their life depended on it. Why? 
are we so different? It's because our purpose is built in us. Why are some just so good at teaching kids? Why are some so good at teaching kids and they disconnect with kids? They're around kids and they're in a classroom. And some, if you put them in a classroom in five minutes, they'd be looking for a 10-story building. The purpose is inherent. It's built in. It's inseparable. The purpose is built in. Everything you are relates to your purpose. And nobody can say this saw is non-essential. Nobody can say that. In fact, it may be non-essential to put seed on your yard. But for the guy building your house, it's very essential. You begin to understand what the Bible says when it says, the eye can't say to the foot, I don't have any need of you. The ear can't say to the hand, I have no need of you. You you can't do that. And you can't sit in a government office and say, these people are not needed. You can't say that. Beyond all shadow of a doubt. Hair dryers are non-essential. There's not a doubt in my mind that no one needs one of those. Well, not everybody can say that, and I've got to realize that. Number two, purpose is individual. You've got to understand, everybody is very unique. You are the way you are because of why you are. The spoon does not look in the mirror and feel inadequate because it's so dark. The bowl doesn't look in the mirror and say, I'm short, I'm fat. I wish I was tall and thin like the beautiful spoon. What are you doing? What are you doing with all of that? What are you doing? Your purpose, are you getting this church? Your purpose is very individual. And there is no room for insecurity and low self-esteem and inferiority. There is no room for that in your life because your purpose is very unique and very individual. I get it. To the cook, this pan is very essential. I get it. To the governor in an office, this pan is not essential at all. He's not going to cook anything for himself. He's got somebody cook for him. But you can never look down your nose at somebody else and feel like you are better than them or feel like you don't need them in your life. Church, our purpose is very individual and very unique. That puts us dependent on each other. And your purpose is essential. Don't you ever let anybody tell you you are a non-essential worker. Number three, purpose is often multiple. A tree can give oxygen, shade, fruit, provides home for animals, blocks wind, it keeps erosion down. The sun separates the day and night, it gives warmth, it marks seasons. Yeah, you're really good at one thing, there is something for you to do. I'm up here preaching today, but for some reason, my wife thinks I'm very good at taking the trash out. 
and requires me to do that on a regular basis. You can do more than one thing. You, you, you know, you, you can do more than one thing in your home, in your family, and in your church. I get it, this is what you do, and this is where you work, but, but purpose can be multiple. Purpose can be multiple. Number four, purpose is interdependent. Purpose is interdependent. Nothing exists for itself. Doesn't matter how elaborate the design of this is. If it don't have electricity, it's pretty worthless. It doesn't matter how elaborate this piece of equipment is. If it doesn't have a hand, it's pretty worthless. It doesn't matter how valuable and how beautiful this piece of equipment is. Oh, it's just so gorgeous. It's so gorgeous. If it doesn't have a board, if it doesn't have a set of blueprints, if it doesn't have a tape measure, if it doesn't have a pencil, there is a lot of parts that go into making this purpose useful. And you're not an island into yourself. You and I are interdependent on one another. We've got to understand our need for one another. We've got to understand our dependency on one another. And boy, we can't isolate a country and tell people to stay in their houses. We have to have each other in our life. Oh, don't go around touching. Maintain social distance. Somebody's going to have to extend a hand and get a hold of this thing. For its purpose to be fulfilled. Somebody's going to have to get a hand and put on my shoulder and pat me on the back and say, you did a good job. Somebody's going to have to shake my hand and say, I appreciate you. I can't live in a house by myself. We have a purpose and it's interdependent on everybody. I'm telling you, I don't care how beautiful this thing is. You can't put it in a room by itself. Somebody's got to put air in it. There's got to be a need for it. Somebody's got to pick it up and carry it to the place of need. Somebody's got to get that, open this valve and put... See, we're all dependent on each other and you can't isolate yourself, lock yourself in a cubicle and think you're going to be fulfilled in life. You and I need one another. You and I need one another. Maybe you're tall and shiny, maybe you're short and fat, but to get the job done, it's going to take both of us. We need each other. We need each other. Always, always know this. Always know this. There's a bigger picture than just yourself. There's a bigger picture here. You are a part, you are a vital part But the picture is there's 40 kids at this youth retreat that's got to have bacon. See, you've got to understand you're a part. Now, you're an essential part. You are a vital part. But you are a part of a much bigger picture than just you going to work and making money and paying bills. And you going to work and making money and paying bills. And you going to work and making money and paying bills. See, you're a part. You're a vital part of a big, big picture here. God's got a plan. God's got a purpose. God's going in a direction here. Come on, lock arms with one another and understand I'm a part. I'm a vital part. I'm a necessary part, but I'm only a part. There's a big picture here. There's a big picture. And you can't get so close-minded and withdrawn into yourself and think that you're going to be fulfilled in life. we got to have each other. We've got to have each other. 
Number five, I want you to get this one. Purpose is permanent. Purpose is permanent. Proverbs 19, 21, many are the plans in a man's heart, but the Lord's purpose prevails. It didn't make any difference how this is handled. It didn't make any difference how this was treated. Maybe early on in life, it was cussed at, it was yelled at, it was told it's worthless. Maybe early in life, it had been thrown around. Maybe early in life, it was abused. But the purpose for it never changes. The purpose for it never changes. What you got to know is your purpose is permanent. Your purpose is permanent today. You made some bad decisions. No doubt about it. If we were going to be honest and I wasn't worried about hurting your feelings, I'd say you've made some horrible decisions. I mean, screwed up royally you have. But here's what I want you to know. Here's what I want you to know. Romans eleven twenty nine says, God's call is irrevocable on your life. I like the New Living Translation of that verse. It says, it can't be withdrawn. I'm sorry you were thrown in a drawer. I'm sorry you were stepped on. I'm sorry you were neglected. But your purpose cannot be withdrawn. It's built in you. And what God planned for you from the very beginning, he still has in mind for you today. Let's get forgiven. Let's get washed clean. Let's get set free. Let's put those past hurts when you were a teenager. Let's put those past abuses. Let's put that behind you. And come on, let's step up and say, God, here I am. I understand your call on my life cannot be withdrawn. You hadn't messed up too bad for God to say, oh, can't use you. Oh, no, you can never be a spatula. We'll never be able to turn an egg with you. Let me tell you, no matter how bad you've been abused in your life, come on, let's let it go. Let God clean you up. Let God give you a brand new start. and Let's get at being what God's created you to be. Number six, this is the last one, but don't get excited. I got a bunch more to talk about. I'm not almost done. Number six, purpose is universal. There is nothing, not a zilcho, nothing created without purpose. Purpose is universal. Everybody in here has a purpose. You may be different. You may be tall and skinny. You may be short and fat. You may be bright and shiny. And you may be dull. You may have a bunch of sawdust on you. Here's what I'm telling you. We're all, all have purpose. Because purpose is universal. Jeremiah 1, 5 Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. There is no exception to anything you can walk by and pick up. Nothing is ever created, and we try to figure out if it has a purpose or what its purpose is. The Creator saw the need first and then created you. You got to know these six things about creation. Number one, purpose is built in. Number two, purpose is individual. It's unique. Number three, purpose is multiple. Number four, purpose is interdependent. Nothing exists for itself alone. Number five, purpose is permanent. And number six, purpose is universal. I want you to know today you're not an accident. You didn't just time plus chance in here. 
you're not an accident. There's a purpose for you being on your job. There's somebody there. There's something you're supposed to do. There's a hand you're supposed to shake. There's a connection that you're supposed to make. Here's what I'm telling you. You are on a divine assignment, and you got to make sure that nobody ever tells you you're non-essential, and we don't need you here. I want you in this church to know you're essential, and you're a hero. You are a hero. Put a sign on your door. Heroes live in this house. Heroes drive this car. Heroes work here in this office. Heroes work on this job. You're a hero. I want you to live your life knowing I'm a hero. I'm a hero to somebody because there are people that depend on that peanut butter and jelly sandwich that you made at lunch today. See others as a hero, and it's essential that you see yourself as a hero. I want to end with there's two things that this will do in your life when you get a hold of this message. It will change our thinking about ourselves, and it will change our thinking about others. First of all, you begin to see Corinthians and Romans and the giftings. You see others. The eye cannot ever say to the hand, I don't need you. You never look down your nose at anybody. Don't ever think you're smarter than somebody, better than somebody. Don't ever think that you're more important than somebody. Don't ever think only certain jobs heroes work at. And you don't ever tell anybody what they are is non-essential or non-important. You're stupid, you're ugly, you're a nobody, you're a nothing. Don't, 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 no, 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 no. You see others is very, very important. How you see other people changes when you understand this. How you see other people changes. Number two, how you see yourself changes. Second Corinthians says, verse, uh, chapter 10, how ignorant, some translations say, how foolish to compare yourself with each other using yourself as a measurement. How foolish. I'm just so ugly. I'm just so short, I'm just so fat, I'm just so ugly. Oh, look, he's so tall and skinny and shiny. Stupid. I don't know what to say. Verse, uh, chapter 10 says that's ignorant. That's ignorant to do that. There is a purpose for you. There is a purpose for you. And it's foolish when you begin to compare yourself with other people. And this suffering low self-esteem... This insecurity, you looking in the mirror and feeling ugly and feeling stupid and feeling worthless. Come on, we got to get pat way, way past this. And when you get a hold of what the Bible says about you, it changes the way you see other people and it changes the way you see yourself. First Corinthians nine twenty six. I don't run like a man running aimlessly. I don't fight like a man beating the air. Proverbs 25, the purpose of a man's heart are deep waters. But a man of understanding draws them out. I want you to see yourself today designed by God with a plan, with a purpose. And I want you to leave here today knowing you are vitally essential. And I want you to know you're a hero. You are a hero for somebody in what you do. I want you today, I want you to live your life knowing that your purpose is essential Y'all stand with me. Come on, let's just take a minute, bow your heads all over this place. If you've come here today and you battle, and some of you do, we're just being honest, 
Some of you battle insecurity. Some of you battle inferiority. Some of you battle feeling non-important. Some of you battle, I'm not as good as, I'm not as pretty as, I'm not as smart as. Some of you battle feeling dumb. Come on, right now. I want you to lock in to this message today on purpose. I want you to lock into this, and I want you to see yourself as vital. See yourself as essential. Today, God, I ask you to wash me clean of these thoughts. Wash me clean of these thoughts. Father, forgive me for comparing myself with other people. Lord, today, I recognize you as my creator. I recognize you have fearfully and wonderfully created me. And God, I'm saying, here I am. Use me to fulfill the purpose that you have for me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you and have a great week. You've been listening to the CMC Podcast. For more information about CMC, our different conferences, Christian school, college internship, resources, and more, go to cmchurch.com.